0: Hello and welcome to The Cynic Live. I am your host, Christopher Gallagher, and I'm joined uh, by The Cynic Weekly crew. Christopher Sermani, hello, how are
1: you? Hello, um, terrific. Good stuff.
0: Uh, we, by the way, we can't redo this like the, week, the way we do it every single week, so...
2: No, no, we're live. Live and... A game. Uh, A game.
0: Uh, Alan Edgar's also here. Hello, Alan, how are you, friend?
2: I'm good. Look forward to it live at five. F- vibe with five, as real and likes to... Tell people.
0: Oh, that's that thing real Ferdinand does. Or?
2: I think it's like a wee talk thing. Does vibe with five. I don't know if we are cool enough to pull off the expression vibe with us. But yeah,
0: cool or lame enough. Chris, no, not
2: our age.
0: Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, we are live, coming live to uh, all the cynic subscribers. If you want to phone in and uh, chat to Chris and Alan, the number is oh seven four five seven four zero two double nine two. Just phone that, and it will get you through. Uh, but we've got plenty to talk about outside of taking calls. If uh, we don't get that opportunity. But let's start with how we are Chris O'Mani, how are
1: you? I am okay um,
0: How's your coffee? Just poured, them some, you poured yourself some nice coffee But we've got a nice samovar
1: Nice coffee out of a kind of French press Dairy free milk Is it from nut? Or is it an oat? It's an oat It's an oat um, it's, just, it's pretty delicious eh? um, Other than that, I'm okay you know but that, we, we well, have a
0: caller we have oh, a we'll caller call. call. i'll just stop. Oh, well, see, up,
2: stop talking about oat milk then Thank hello fucking christ
0: hello hello you are on with uh, alan and uh, chris who who can i say is calling
3: Dave hey, Galton.
0: Hiya, how's it going man not bad you Aye, not too bad uh alan and uh, uh samani here um what's your thoughts
3: I'll try not to go full blown Gareth Gates. If I do, you'll just need to let me stammer through it. But um, <laughs> so, see, I, see what you think. So, obviously, Ray, Callum McGregor being being out, out injured over the past past few weeks has probably been beneficial to him. But was, I was watching some programs and especially listening to you guys talking about Paul McStay. and obviously Paul retired when he was what thirty two. Yeah. Um, Playing constant football from when he was so young, and also Callum McGregor's not really had any break for what years now. Playing sixty odd games a season, is there a given that obviously with the way that how old he is now, it, well, should we look at rotating him more so that he's not getting to the point when he's late twenties, early thirties, and he has to also, you know, retire before he's kind of before he. He's got the most out of his career, as such
0: that McStay had. Excellent point. Um, I think something we've, we've, I think everyone's been worried about is how you know we talked about Keiran Tierney and how kind of how often these guys played. Uh, you're a big McStay fan, of course. Uh, McStay started when he was what 17. He was broke into the team, and his body just kind of got to the point where he just couldn't carry on at the level. You worried about McGregor from that point of view?
1: Um, not so much because M- M- McGregor's a guy who seems less affected by the amount of football he plays than some other players. He's not a guy who picks up a lot of injuries. Now he has had, you know, he obviously had the fractured cheekbone and he's obviously injured just now. But generally speaking, his fitness has been has been pretty good. And saying that, though, it is something that can just kind of creep up on you and and, and, and kind of come out of nowhere. But it's not something that I've particularly thought about up until now. Um, but what I think you maybe do, it does come into your head a bit more when you realise how much of a big miss he is to the team. But no, until the caller called in, I hadn't had that (laughs) depressing thought.
0: (laughs) But Uh, yeah. Alan, what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I think it's a a valid point. It can come to anybody. I think the one thing to point out is that we always associate these injuries with players that play a lot of game time, as in that are starting every week. It can happen to anybody because the guys are training. Every single day, but we don't think about that because we don't see it, you know, on TV. We're not watching them train every day, so it can come to anybody. Most of these guys have been playing competitive football at a high standard since they were seven, eight. And when you get to 30, that's you know a really long time of really wear and tear in the body. Yeah, but I think as Samani says, without the information about the kind of injuries he's had and how he reacts to injuries you you don't know. Some guys can brush it off and, and are fine. Some guys retire and they, they struggle to walk. Um, and that, that's the nature of it. I think it would come more from the player's side if he felt that he was finding it really difficult to recover. Um, and I think the player would need to come forward. The club will do whatever they can. But the club wanted me to play and they wanted me to play every week, especially when he is performing at the standard he is now. And I think this year, next year you know, hopefully he'll be fine. But as you do get to that early 30s, 32, 33, especially playing in the area plays and watch Callum McGregor, watch the intensity that he plays on and off the ball, It is something that, you know, it's it's one of the things you need need to be alert to. So, you know, it can come to anybody, but hopefully Callum's a lot luckier than, you know, Paul McStay was, certainly.
0: Yeah. Um, Any other thoughts? Caller. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, no, for me I'll, I'll start um, No I mean It's just that way I was listening to The, the mixed day What uh podcast That you guys did Just for brilliant. So it was more just You know The amount of football He played obviously Through like, the centenary season He played a lot of football And then yeah. You know As it kind of got to it, Early nineties, He was You know Hanging up his boots So I was um, Just conscious That obviously McGregor With McGregor being out We've obviously Continued to keep with him you know, and as that you know, we, we should be, we can't be a matter. Of football, he does play because obviously he wants to play all the time. But it's just conscious that he is integral to what we do. But it's also protecting him as well.
2: Yeah, Alan, you want to come in? Yeah, just I think the other thing that on that kind of discussion, it's more probably more general, not specific to Cal McGregor, is that every you you hear pros will say it a lot, and they feel good. They feel good at the end of a season. They go away. They have maybe two weeks off, three weeks off, and then they come back. And what they find is that it's that pre-season that they feel as if over the space of two, three weeks, as if it's suddenly, as if they've aged a year. And that's sometimes what happens to players. So as much as it would be good for Callum McGregor to get some rest as well, players don't want to be out. They don't want that feeling of, you know, being away, I think. Um, I think a good example would be Scott Brown. Yeah, that long layoff, we all worried what he would be like after that such, that amount of time off. And especially for players that play so much, play so often then they have a break. Sometimes it can have the kind of opposite effect, especially as you get a little bit older. It's like time then kind of suddenly hits you when you come out of it and you step away from it. Then getting back in gets harder and harder. So not specific to Carl McGregor because he's he's still a a young pup and he's still got a a long time left, hopefully.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the other thing about McStay is he was offered a two-year deal, some money as well, but uh, he knocked it back because he just didn't think that he could get to that kind of place.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd... I mean, it, it's some folk, listeners, will be, we'll be too young to remember just how much celtic leaned on McStay um, throughout the 90s because, was well, we well, were shite. <laughs> um, and, you know, we didn't have the abundance of riches that we have in midfield just now back then. You know, you'd McStay and Collins. Collins generally played out wide, but it was McStay and Grant in the midfield and uh-uh, Peter Grant was nowhere the quality of Paul McStay. So I think probably at times McStay tried
3: to rush back. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah.
1: you know, he, he kind of bore the brunt of the, 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 the club on his shoulders at that point. And then when his ankles started to kind of deteriorate a, a bit like that, you know, it, it was kind of just one way traffic bringing him back too quickly and things like that. And to be perfectly honest, he was probably determined to come back on the pitch. As Alan says, players are like that. Um, but yeah it was it was a really young age for him to retire and what, the biggest thing that upsets me is we won the league the season after he retired it would have been great for him to have even like Boyd you know um, under a, a Neil later on when he was captain really in name only and was making the odd appearance it would have been great for McStay to be able to do that or, or, or contribute that season but it wasn't to be
0: yeah we better start talking about we because we could wax lyrical but um, excellent question thanks very much for calling in no worries cheers
3: cheers, cheers,
0: thank cheers. you. Excellent stuff. Really good question.
1: Next one, next caller gets a special bonus point if they can say the phrase that pays. <laughs> say remember, the phrase that remember pays. Uh, a certain longwave radio station. Do you remember that? No. Am I really showing my age here? Well, you're older than me, so you just might not have listened to. What's it. this? The Atlantic two five two.
2: Do I remember that? The phrase that pays. I don't know Well let's see if one of the callers does <laughs> The phrase
1: that
2: <coughs> Pays is apparently is, I think what, uh, but no, that was, was a, a radio station Where they used to You have to You could win a prize Real radio And you had to shout I'm a real winner And I used to remember Always listening to it And thinking Would I give up my pride For Whatever it is 500 quid And I was shouting in a car For nothing as well Just thing." <laughs> Just in mm. case someone's listening, yeah.
0: uh, Alan, did you get to see the Sydney FC game this morning eight forty five? I think it was. Did
2: you get to see it? Good question, Christopher. I didn't. Oh, did you not No. No, I didn't. Um, I was unfortunately in the office today, so otherwise I might have seen some of it. Um, <laughs> Fifteen minutes of it before I started work, of course. <laughs> I to uh, that. <laughs> uh,
0: so, Annie, you didn't see it either. Um, no, I, I saw it myself. It was very, very much uh, a, a friendly like people have been kind of going a bit overboard i think um but i mean friendlies in general sir manny you don't pay much attention to them do you
1: not in the slightest and especially this one this is this is the mid-season break it's uh it's a fitness train fitness camp in australia where we happen to play a couple of friendlies couldn't care less so i get the live score app where anytime celtic score a goal it flashes up and i noticed it was one each, and it had flashed up a couple of times of the it work, and I went, "All right, I forgot that was on." And then <laughs> I've not paid any attention to it. It's it's a waste of time. See if it was on TV like at a reasonable hour tonight. I am not yeah. saying I wouldn't stick it on and watch it or whatever, but other than that, you are just they're out the road to recuperate for me and come back fresh for the the, the proper campaign. Anyone reading anything
2: in t- any of these games shouldn't. Yeah, Alan. I think the I think what the club have done is that they've made potentially cash but they've made a lot of capital out of what is ultimately two friendlies at the tail end of a really busy period for the club yeah. so I think people have and, and I'm not against it but a, a lot of people have put stock into the fact that well look at us the World Cup's on and the players are still working hard they're not sitting on a beach <laughs> you <seen> netting <laughs> whatever it is uh, when your team's nine points behind, that's fine. The players will get time off though. Of and, they and, and they should get time off because it is important to rest and recuperate. It's just, it's, it's a little bit different, but I think the club have done well because they have marketed it quite well. At the, you know, Sydney super cup. I, that, I don't have an issue with that, but ultimately you dress it up as much as you like. It is two friendlies. It's good for, well, I'm delighted for people that are, you know, down under that have the opportunity to yeah. go and see Celtic, but it is two friendlies. And, it doesn't matter a great deal. It's nice to see some other players, and you know, I did see a lot today about how some of the other guys got on. I didn't see it myself, but it was that is what it is. So, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go over the top.
0: Yeah, it's Even funny with
2: five weeks, uh no Celtic, yeah, I,
0: It was funny though because you know we've got obviously a good friend uh, Eddie is an American, yeah. and Mark Braceland as well, and I think Liam Divers is over there, and there's like lots of kind of people all around the world, and. It, just sitting with a cup of coffee watching Celtic this morning, it just kind of did have a kind of surreal feeling to it. But yeah, I mean, it was just,
2: what, what everyone that watches Celtic early in the morning will point out though, is it's good when it's good, (laughs) but see when it's, see when it's shite. Yeah. And you're throwing that cup of coffee against the wall when you're, you're watching. Oh good. I've only got another 15 hours to go to sleep. I
0: mean, the the, the thing about, the thing about it was, uh, it was just very much a friendly, uh, Keogh got a goal. Um, we conceded two goals. Um, Again, no. Undi- I'm not going to pick on any individuals, but there were some kind of really dodgy displays from a couple of players. Well, right,
1: pick them out then. Well, it doesn't matter. But let's make some, you know, garbage out of uh, ripping to pieces some players in a friendly. I just
0: even Welsh was absolutely left for dust um, with a good kind of five yards on a player. It was
2: quite i bet it was easier to watch a friendly though than it was when it was jermaine defoe that was doing it to him in a competitive game Well, i say competitive fucking non-competitive game at that point but i'm getting myself worked up yeah he's, ah, he's getting right. angry
0: he's getting angry uh, as i say the number is 07457402992 if you are
2: getting contact
0: uh I, phrase I call, that
2: pays phrase that pays is the um, you could be a real winner it's not that one
0: what was the one was it was it scotty mcleugh is that the guy? Was that not was he not on uh...
1: He wasn't on Atlantic two five two, he was on Scott FM Scott (laughs) and he did Scotty McClough's nightline and it was just bams phoning up (laughs) and it was It was terrible, yeah. Slightly
2: amusing. Um, Tiger Tim was the big DJ I remember when I was a kid.
0: He used to do the at Hamden, he did the half time stuff. Mm, Celtic Park for years. Did he do Celtic Park as well? He got fired, didn't he?
1: He got fired for saying, Oh, let's have a moment's silence,
2: Rangers are going out of Europe. Harsh. I was expecting a lot worse, <laughs> I have to say. I thought we were, getting the, we were hearing the bleep button for the first time. No, no. i no. uh,
0: yeah. got a question for Brian McAfferty. Um, his question is, I was listening to the Sports Sound podcast. Kenny Miller said the thing that he had noticed different about this team.
1: Stop me right there. Kenny Miller said this. Yeah. Keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Kenny Miller said that the thing about Rangers uh, and this Rangers team um, is he noticed a difference about the team and the COVID-winning team was... Uh, during the season of the COVID-winning team, Connor Goldson was always shouting and organising the defence. Obviously, with no fans in the stadium, this was a simple task. Then last season, when fans returned, they went back to pre-COVID form. I was always a bit sceptical about the only one their title because of no fans in the stadium. But I'm thinking more and more this is the case. Do you think with fans in, and it was a normal season, we would have won the 10? I mean, that is an interesting kind of question from Brian.
1: I'm loathed to put it down to... The fact that there was no fans in the stadium. I I think the main reason for it is we gave them, you know, they had a clear wind. For me, that first game at Celtic Park, still, I think it's the worst performance I've ever seen against them. You're so angry. Ever. And I think that we began to kind of absolutely crumble and capitulate. And then it got to the point, add in the fact that there's no fans there either. It was a procession. It wasn't... They didn't go out... And I mean, I know they they were really consistent in terms of their results, but see when they had that little pressure on them from the start, and no fans being there probably did help it, but fundamentally, our destruction, self-destruction, is what fed that for them. Um, I think if we had been stronger and there had been any level of pressure put on them, I think it would have been a different story. Um, so I do think it was it was a contributing factor, but the main reason they won it is because of how badly we imploded in the way that the manager was speaking about the squad and things, for me anyway.
2: Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I think the, like if I was sitting and uh, happened to be in uh, the company of a Rangers fan, I would talk it down because <laughs> that's what you do. You give them absolutely nothing. But, you know, we're a Celtic platform. We look at ourselves and I think we were. We weren't good enough. We didn't win no, our football matches, we, you know, our points tally that year was far short of what would be expected to to win a title. So, um, and we had an opportunity. There was a very small window of opportunity to make a change yeah. and try and say that's not acceptable. We are in a bit of a hole, and it's going to be extremely difficult. But this is a massive season. And we don't want to let it go. Mm. And we didn't. And we sat on our laurels and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And look, things are good just now. I really don't like talking about that season at all. It really is not fun. And I'm sure yeah. it's not fun for a lot of people. It brings back a lot of horrible, horrible, horrible memories yeah. of genuinely some of the fucking most difficult, long days of your life. Not just because of football, but because of so many other things. Of course. But the one thing that was really good actually turned out to be the worst part of your week. And instead of trying to jolt us into action, might not have what, might have just stayed as bad. But we sat, I say we, our board sat and did nothing. And victim blamed our fans because we had the temerity to go down to the stadium after being handed the arse by Ross County at home. Um, and that that's something that I think. We can win as much as we like, but the current board, the way they acted that season, um, is very, very difficult to stick by, and it's largely the same board that is just now. The only difference is now we're winning, and they'll take applauders the for that. That's fine, but you won't shake that. You, that was outrageous, in my opinion.
1: The crux of Miller's point, though, is there's a mentality issue in that Rangers squad, and I think I think I would agree with that. I think we've seen that before that season uh, I think we've seen that subsequently um, and I think everything aligned for them in that season which meant that the that weak mentality wasn't exposed um, So yeah, I, I, I think if that's, that's the, the kernel of the,
2: the, the actual point there I would definitely agree with it And I'll, I'll say one thing as well I think uh, Brian's a man after my own heart because when Celtic are doing well and Rangers are struggling the lineup on that sports sound podcast is <laughs> is just you you, you can't pass can't it by it, yeah. look i'm not trying to put people on the other um podcasts or platforms because that's probably not a good idea but when you've got guys like ricky foster craig levine kenny miller kenny mcintyre all converging in one place to discuss how bad rangers are then i'll be there front and center because it's just so good it is incredible so yeah there's always good nuggets from it
0: um I did a podcast with Christian uh, which is going to be out on Saturday and on that podcast we talk about um, Celtic and the board and we talk about potential change and we talk about so Ange mentioned recently I think it was might have been yesterday um, about someone asked him about you know the links to the Everton job and I think you know when he gets to Australia and he's part of the Australian media they're always kind of like pointing at him about at the English Premier League because it's so big over there fair enough Um, but the They asked him about, you know, you were linked again with another job, the Everton job, and he, you know, very diplomatic and talks about... I know I'm not naive enough to know that links aren't available and happening, of course they are, but he talks about his job and what he plans to do and, you know, how long he's going to be there. He he did hit with the old Brendan Rodgers thing with, uh, you you know, change can happen very quickly, maybe they won't want me and all that, which is fair enough, but... You know, if Celtic, you know, when Ange kind of moves on and this is a conversation hopefully we'll be having in three or four years, and I, I think we probably will, so I'm, I'm very comfortable with where we are with our manager, but long term, do you think that anything will change with the board? Will it be a case of Ange will move on when probably the time's right for everyone? Will they just go out and get Paul Lambert? Or will they go out and get someone? And my point being, should we be t- test- testing them then or... Is if Celtic are winning, do people not care as much as maybe we thought they did?
1: I mean I, I mean that, that that's what it boils down to because you could have there was probably several hours of podcasts that came out prior to Ange about the director of football model. Sports science, all this sort of stuff, and the model of the club, and pointing at Brentford and on and going, "Ooh, right." But I mean, and but see if Celtic are winning, there's less interest in that stuff. To be perfectly honest, now that's not me saying that I don't think that our, the model of our club should change, and there should be major structural changes in it. I think that even just the way Angie's talking, I think there is a difference in the background. Maybe you know we brought in. Um, Mark Law, Mark um, Nicholson, as well, as much as people think he's, you know, Peter Law's man and whatever, you know, may, I imagine he'll approach it in some way differently than, than Law did. And even when he's talking about preparing for further windows down, you know, not just this window, the next window and the, the window after that and all that sort of stuff, that points to the fact that there is maybe. A change of direction. What Celtic are terrible at is any level of communication around that in terms of what they're doing or if they are doing anything or not. So you're in a position whereby you've literally got no idea what will happen after Postacoglu. Um, yeah, that's... even even if there is changes in the background, it's just it's just kind of silence. But I will say, it's fleeting encouraging signs that they are talking about that, you know, succession planning. You know, we've seen media links for Juranovic to move on. Um, we've been linked with the is it the Heronveen right back, I think. Yeah. You know, that's none none of that's concrete. But if we're selling a major asset at right back, it's good that we're linked with young, exciting right backs to replace them. So, if any of that's happening, the problem is we don't know anything about it. Um, I'd like to think we wouldn't hire Paul Lambert after Go leaves, but it's Celtic.
0: Alan, just kinda brief thoughts on on the idea of, you know, Celtic and if if we are winning
2: then people maybe aren't as I I think that's an entirely reasonable. But people don't follow Celtic because they're interested in how, you know, board structures and how you govern the football club people go because they want to watch Celtic beat whichever team they're playing midweek or the weekend, I'm entirely on board with that. There are people who will take more of an interest in the business side of it and see that that then feeds into that. But I would say more people than not don't particularly care. They don't care who goes to the AGM. They don't care what questions are asked and they don't care um, particularly what, happens behind the scenes because they go to watch football because they've got jobs during the week they've got you know we've all got other stuff to do what we like to do is watch celtic i don't have anything else to do i know but (laughs) how many things would come before sitting and watching the agm you probably you want to get yourself a hobby something fucking (laughs) music no doubt something like that (laughs) that. anyway i think (laughs) yeah my point is is that i think it's entirely reasonable but for the people that do I think people, you can take the positive steps and I, I, I know what Samani's saying there, I get that. Fundamentally though I don't feel as if there's enough proper representation on the Celtic board of the fan um, and I think we are well, financially we're a well run club, I think we spend about the right money, you always want us to spend more but I feel like the how do you communicate apart from being in the stadium and potentially you know whatever it is in there, how do the views of the average fan get across? Because we know it's not Twitter. We know it's not things like that. How how are fans represented on the board? And that, I get that some of the people on the board will be Celtic fans. I don't believe that the, the makeup of that board is really representative of what the average crowd at Celtic Park is every weekend. Um, and that, that's not to criticise those people individually. I'm sure they're delighted with the opportunity they've got on the board. But... I don't feel that the fan representation on the board is um, properly structured and is kind of something that can't be undone very, very quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, one one thing I will say is, if Peter Lawwell does come back as the, the chairman, do you have Chris?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I wasn't a fan of LOL. I've probably established that over a number of years. Some people don't care, but I, I think largely speaking, people would think his time's done, you know, what's the point in him coming back, what's the point in him retiring and the, the CEO role and then coming back as a chairman, that influence being there, it's a bit like, well it's not, you could draw parallels, it's not a bit like it, but Ferguson at Man United, you know, he always talked about Man United, you know, new managers coming in, Moyes coming in, and him getting, sitting helping the, you Know the board room looking over the match, you know, he kind of looms large. See, so if you're trying to move on in the Celtic boardroom and Peter Lowell's over there saying, Oh, I'm just the chairman, yeah, that's not the way to do it. If the club, if as a club, we're moving forward from his stewardship as the CEO, then he shouldn't be there in any role, would be my, my guess.
0: Uh, the lines are I, open, so fire in, Alan.
2: And I might think as well the concern with that would be that it would then be reverting back to the tried and what they believe is a tested method of running a football club. And we know what that is. It's sound financially, but limited vision and particularly limited vision beyond what works. And and that is largely competing directly with Rangers and monetizing that. And that, that is tried and tested domestically, but we know that it has limits. And I think what we, really want to especially after a number of years of properly dominating domestic football, is we want to look beyond our own borders and say, how do we then get slightly better in Europe while still being the best team in Scotland? And everyone wants to do that, but it's having the vision and the ambition to do that. And I am not sure that um Peter Law, as chairman setting that tone, I don't think that's the that would be the right appointment for me. Last well, well done it. I suppose in terms of where the board is and where it's going forward.
1: Do I think the board, in its current structure, would appoint Paul Lambert? Yes, if they could, they could calculate that he would be one point clearer Angels at the end of the season. That's it, and I still think that's the case, and I think that's part of the problem.
0: Absolutely. Um, as I say, the lines are open. Oh seven four five seven four
2: zero two double nine two. So um, you need to get yourself a much catchier, like um, I don't know, for example, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. And I, I purely know that just from listening when Celtic do well and Rangers don't, um, <laughs> because I love the misery.
0: Of course, the misery. I think this going was 20. going
2: live. 081 before it was oh one eight one oh eight one eight
1: one one eight one eight one. I'm sure my age, young man.
0: What's that? That's the going live number. Going live. That's the going live number.
1: I think it was oh eight one eight one one eight one eight one. Oh yeah, or it was either something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. Yeah,
0: going live was. Nineteen eighty nine, nineteen
1: ninety. I was a born then. I was born then. I was a born then. <laughs> I was <a> born then. <laughs> That's your Italian. Comment? Just came off. I just, uh, just very, arrived from Italy.
2: A very quick question for each of you. Oh, here we go. Game changer. If you could sit and watch a Celtic Rangers match as life, as in, As life for everyone else, but you know what happens, and you know Celtic win, and you know Celtic win well, and you can watch it with one Rangers player. Past or present, which Rangers player would you like to see the most miserable? Ah, okay, so that's an interesting one. Do I go first with the game? It's the current Rangers team. So it's the current Celtic team that you're watching, but it can be any Rangers, you know the
0: current Celtic team As yeah, in yeah. contemporary As, a, as in
2: It's so the Celtic Rangers game In the 2nd of January You know in your head That Celtic are going to win And are going to win comfortably And you can watch it In the company of It's um, just, just changed You've that, just that. changed no, you, you you
1: said, out. Yes,
2: you, you, Right um, I'd like to watch Celtic 7 um,
1: Rangers 1 In the League Cup final That's what I was going to like, say And, like, like and like I'd like to watch uh, it With uh, shot of uh, a lads
0: <laughs> But you've uh,
2: just changed the goalposts Well first of all It's a hypothetical scenario it's mine <laughs> But Celtic Rangers on the 2nd of January Only you in the world knows what happens Celtic in win
0: Celtic-
2: 100-0 Yes 8
0: okay. you know.
2: And you can watch it with You know You can watch it with Steven Gerrard Or you can watch it with Whatever Dylan. when you like John Gregg Yeah
0: So essentially Whoever you like you Essentially your question is
2: What you do for the game And watch with John <laughs> Gregg
0: <laughs> By the way we win
2: <laughs> Can I have a glass of water
0: No you can't John <laughs> So essentially what you're saying is What Rangers player do you hate most
2: No Because that's not the question I've I've read the question it might be someone that shot I oh, lads who wronged you on a very specific occasion but he wouldn't get into your pantheon if you like uh, for me, look if you don't like the question mate you can just shove it I,
0: he's the guy he's, he's one I'm, I thought it was a good question no, um, you
2: didn't. no you didn't just just tell
1: him the truth let's gang up on him and say rethink it and come back no I think it's a good question thank you
0: Chris uh, I would go with David Robertson because I absolutely despise him cool uh,
2: Chris <laughs> Sure, Avaladzi. Sure, Avaladzi. I don't know. He really annoyed me as well. Actually, Avilazi not a bad shout. Might he, be me and Samani watching it with Avilazi. See, I'm trying to improve the experience. And, then, and then we win, and he's like, that. "Don't care. He'll give <laughs> a
0: fuck. He, uh, hes a manager of someone, you know. I don't know. I know national team. Who gives a fuck?
2: Um, Avilazi also asks for water.
0: No. <laughs> Here's some urine.
2: No, oh, because well. Let's be careful here.
0: Okay, uh, reports suggest. That the two key positions that Celtic are looking to strengthen in January are right back and striker. This brings us into talking about uh, Juranovic. We don't have to go into too much detail on Juranovic because we've covered them enough. And we're going to do we're going to do a half season report card on some of the players. I'm going to we can talk about some of the players overall. Um, right back and striker. So, Manny, does that sound right to you um, from the current team? Um, hopefully we do we do more than that, but that seems to be the two key areas. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, right back especially because. I think we're starting to starting to get the feeling that Juranovic is going out the club, whether that's by his own desires or the club are looking to cash in on a an asset and they've viewed him with the age he's at, you know, you know he's away at the World Cup with Croatia, that he's the best possible player to move on and we've identified targets, so for me that one makes sense. Striker I, I'm not unhappy about that some people, you know I mean, there's been some talk on on here and probably in some other podcasts about Kyogo maybe not hitting the heights that we've seen him at the heights and maybe not being ruthless enough um, at that next stage in the Champions League. Um, and Jack Macis, you know, is another guy who I do like. I like both of them, but you know, I think if you're wanting to go to that next stage, I don't think that I don't think the question being asked if we need a better centre forward. Is one that shouldn't be asked. You know what I mean? I don't think we've said before if you can go out and get a better player, go and do it. Um, I think if you say, could we improve in that? Because that's a key position uh, and with the two strikers that we've got. I would probably say yes. Um, Does that. So,
0: the, the fact that we have essentially one position for two players currently between Kyogo and is we've seen Kyogo move around, but it's not really worked. So Kyogo is your number nine. Third player in that position, as in fighting for it, three players for one position because Gigi is a striker and that's it. Kyogo's best performances have been as that number.
2: I think, I th- I think we'd all agree Kyogo's a striker. I'd really well, what, be interested in seeing I mean where
0: else. You're bringing a third player. <laughs> um, you, we've got only domestic games. I mean, the League Cup, we've got the Second League Cup semi final uh, 14th of January, and then. You oh, know, but you're
1: you're bringing them in.
0: You're not bringing
1: them in for just this season, you're bringing them in preparing them for... I mean, we've we've, we've, we've talked about the Champions League, and we come on this week by week. We started off by saying, that was really encouraging in the Real Madrid game, you know, despite the fact we get beat 3-0, and progressively it got worse and it got worse. And the report card at the end of it was, some green shoots, you know, some nice moments, but it's going to need to significantly improve next year. What was the the main takeaway from that was that we were not taking our chances and we weren't ruthless enough. So it is an entirely reasonable question to suggest, are those two capable of performing in the Champions League? And, you know, your answer could be yes or no, and they just didn't do it this season. That's fine. But then that's on the manager. Maybe the manager thinks, maybe I need something more up there to take us to the next level in Europe. So that's potentially, I suppose, what, what we're looking but, to do.
0: No, no, I, I agree. I think that's a, a point I think everyone would agree with. But what I would say is if you bring in a third striker with a, a potential... Again, if you look at, as you mentioned, you don't want to bring in someone who's going to be happy sitting on the bench. You want someone who's going to come in and really, really fight for first-team place. Someone like Jackie Marcus might get his nose bent out of shape a little bit, or is it a case of there's one position, three years, fight it out?
2: Yeah. And I don't think anyone... I think that's easier to do when it's a January window, because Aye. there is an acceptance then that a player will have to come in, adjust, and then you will compete. You won't go into the following season, though, with three what could be deemed first-choice strikers if you're only going to play one up front. But what you would look at is who is the best then, who has a high market value, who you could maybe sell on. Kyogo's done really, really well. Um and he's a player that obviously attracts a lot of interest, I would imagine. And Gigi, I think, is a, a player who probably doesn't have the same Cielo? technical yeah. ability, but has really shown now that he can score goals and he can score goals relatively consistently. But you think, more
0: Champions League goals than Keogh?
2: Yeah, I think both. I think the point Somani <laughs> <One>. has, <laughs> has made yeah. is, is pretty valid, though. I think we were all disappointed particularly with how we performed in the Champions League in terms of we didn't have a striker that could have that composure in those key moments and that is something that was a real letdown and I would be very surprised if Ange doesn't look ahead to next year and thinks there could be an improvement in that area I really would think that whether that's in January whether it's in the summer whether you can get someone within our budget that can improve on that you might look at it and think I'm going to back Kyogo to get better because he has a existing relationship with him. He does, the way he speaks about Kyogo, I think you, you really get the impression he believes in him and he believes in him from day one. He, and I think the way he speaks about Giacomo Marcus is very, very complimentary. I can't escape the notion though that he believes that Kyogo is his best striker when all things are equal. And whether or not you can get better than that within our budget, it's going to be very, very difficult to do. I would like to see it though. And again, similar to the discussion we've had about Djanovic, Jota, all these guys. If a club comes in for either of those strikers and they put enough money on the table and we are comfortable that we've got someone identified, I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm comfortable with it. I think there's very few players in this team that I would say, if we lose him, we lose the heart of the team. I don't think there's many like that. And I think probably one of them is your captain. Beyond that, everyone's got their value and everyone's got their... I think they're fee. And the two strikers, I would probably say very much so.
0: Uh, Obviously, the other position is uh, right back. And the big thing is, you know, everyone's talking about Juranovic. Everyone's talking about, everyone kind of has almost, not everyone, there's a huge part of the support that wants him to go, thinks it's the right time to cash in, all that stuff. There's a part of the support that kind of just doesn't like him. Fair enough, you don't have to like every player. That's fine. What do you make of it, Alan, in regards to Juranovic? Do you think the club will try and cash in on him? Because maybe it is the right time to get rid of him. Not get rid of him, to cash in on him. Because he's a great player, and this might be the window that he's at most value if he plays well in the World Cup. We talk about agility yeah, and all that. Absolutely. Um, absolutely.
2: And, and I don't have... If Juranovic goes and has a really good World Cup, and a Premier League club wanted him, and they were willing to pay what is a fair market value plus 25 percent? because i think that's what english clubs need to do Um, and we do know that and we do do that quite well and i would say that's fine i would be disappointed to see him go if i'm honest because because he is a really really talented player i I don't think he's been at his best i don't quite think it's as bad as getting to fuck. i just don't see that because he's a really talented football player and you don't want to see talented players leave the club If, though, there is a decision that's been made that at the age he's at, what you paid for him and what you can do with the income, then it's a calculated decision, then I'm fine with that. The contract negotiation stuff is just, you know, Celtic have put their side out, presumably Djanovic has put his side out via his agent. I'm fine with that, that's just the nature of it. I don't think there's anything messy or ugly. I don't think the player's dying to leave, but he's an ambitious guy, he's not. Nineteen twenty, 20, he's probably got a limited window to make a further big move, that's just the reality of it and everything else is just noise if he has a good World Cup and he's not quite away yet, as in there's no deal ready and we go to Ibrox in the 2nd of January and he's fit and available I'd like to see him play because he's, he's the best right back at the club and you would back him to get back to the level that we, we know he's capable of Chris, your thoughts? pretty much agree. We have written Alan
1: said there. For me, though, as a, he is probably the most sensible. I, I'm talking about assets. I really don't like using that phrase. But if we're going to, if you're if you're going to talk about the player kind of selling model that we've got, yeah, he is the most the player that it makes most sense to sell on. His value is not is going to just decrease because of his age. What is he? Twenty eight. Um, He's going to a World Cup for a team who were, you know, in the final the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not he's not going and playing um in the World Cup for a, a minor team. He's a, a team that potentially could be at the business end of the tournament and a starting fullback for that team as well. Yeah, he's he, you know he's 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 nailed that right back position down. Um, he's again, it's only domestic football for the rest of the season as well. So. I'd still like us to get somebody in to replace him, you know what I mean? But it's not like there's going to be a huge drop-off going forward in terms of trying to, to do what we do domestically. So if a, if a club comes in you know, and offers us what is a fair valuation or a good valuation for him
0: what is that, in January... What is that like if he goes and has a good World Cup? Now, again, because we are talking about Ange Postecoglou at the GM agile, aggressive trading model, which means that we have to get rid of players when they're at probably their biggest value... 15,
1: in- 15 million plus, for me. People will go, oh, he's been shite this season. Doesn't matter. He is the starting right-back for Croatia. He... Um, I would say 20, just because oh, he's, if, if he's playing at the World Cup. Well, what I was going to say is, if and if you're selling him in January, you're going to make more than selling him in January than you would in the summer, I would say, because when... You know, less players move in the January window and you might have a position where a club's coming and saying we really
2: need a right back and we'll go I'll do you aye. <laughs> yeah. And we will oh. notch it up a few million. Aye. I think realistically, I think Celtic would probably deal at fifteen plus. Um because you they would you'd look at where you were previously, you hope that there's i say bid more i think that gets played out a lot more than it actually happens in reality does it ever really happen <laughs> i think it happens in set, for certain players but a more usually means two clubs not five clubs because yeah. three look at the two that are really interesting and say well Can imagine. A, and that's it i think for a player like him of his age he's coming into his prime but he'll probably be a year two years at that prime he's got one big deal and I'm, I think you'd a club signing him, if they paid £15 million, would probably be looking at a four-year deal and you'd be looking at two years where he's a starting fullback. back um, And for an English club, that's more than achievable. You might be lucky, though, and you might get slightly more because you might get a club that really, really needs a right-back and have been really impressed by the World Cup. The only thing that comes into it that's against me a little for us is that we never get that lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we just never get that lucky. So
1: three straight defeats for Croatia on the group stage sees them going home early
2: and the main reason for that is Josep Juranovic. it's very good the only way i like that scenario though is because if they had such a bad World Cup because Juranovic had actually stuck one on Modric in the first training session
0: why are you you're hunting like is this all down to Celtic Park
2: right. no not, not just the Clapham thing just generally just when players come and they have a great game against us and everyone fawns over them because he was genuinely exceptional I like when they're exceptional against other teams, when they're exceptional against us, though, I just take it personally and think, you what, know? what a dick. And then the pointing thing at the penalty as well—that annoyed me. You know, when he's telling Courtois what way to go, is like, it goes at seven foot.
0: Can I, can I, can I just say, Alan, a lot more respect for you. That little, that, that small bitterness. It's
1: it's our fans that annoy me when they do that. It, you know, let me, okay. Not, let me ask you: Is that a it's, you know, why? I, I agree with you. I'm on the same boat. I'm on the same page, right? But I don't dislike Modric about it. I mean, don't get me wrong with dislike our fans. Love our fans. <laughs> I'm a fan. But the point I'm making is I don't like that action. It's not It's not natural. And it's just, it's almost like, oh, we need to do this because this is what we're like as a club. Nah, no, just don't
2: do that. Don't yeah. do it. Not for that. I just, for... Fifteen seconds, twenty seconds—it make me feel better. <laughs> and you know what? I'll, I'll take that um, at the expense of Croatia's World Cup hopes. Let me ask you:
0: Ah, uh, eh, Jesus! I'm throwing a whole nation under the bus just because you're a bit, but fair enough. Um, let me ask you this:
1: John um, Gregg's watching the the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> we Allen, but it
2: sounds it like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Full tournament, no water.
0: Let me uh, let me ask you this: If. Uh, Yranovic was the goal. What is the kind of... Uh, what's the profile of the sort of fullback that you'd like to come in, the right-back that you'd like
2: to come in, Alan? I think it'd be along the same lines. Technically proficient. Um, younger? I mean,
0: younger, maybe? Just because, you know, we got Yranovic when he was a little bit older.
2: Yeah, you want an upside, I think. And I think the... Ange would like his players I think it's quite clear what Ange wants from all of his players now I think there is a profile of player that he wants irrespective of position the technique changes um, and there's differences in requirements but I think what he wants is he wants players who are very fit, very athletic good strength but are technically good in the ball and unfortunately that profile matches what a lot of big teams want So what we then have to do is what parts of the game are we willing to live with that other teams aren't? And that's where, that's when we kind of start operating in the market of big teams like him, but He kind of goes to sleep a bit, say, with balls in behind. Then we look at it and say, can we afford that? And it's probably yes, domestically, but then it's that step up. There's six games a season where we can, eh? And and that's it. So I I think the profile would be quite similar. I think he wants players who can play both sides of the ball. I think when you look at Juranovic, he's a very, very good one-on-one defender, as in, he doesn't tend to get beat a lot when guys are dribbling at him. Where he does sometimes struggle is with those kind of, passes in behind or Maybe he just gets caught in two mines. Brooks last season. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just a complete switch off. Yeah. Um, the only other one that comes to mind of that level is James Forrest in the home game against Hibs recently. And you're talking there a, a, a fullback and a winger who really doesn't do that job. So, yeah, I think the profile would be much the same to be honest. Um, whether you can get them. I, I, I do think Janovic at 2.5 million people underestimate what you got for that absolutely and how he improved the yeah. the team so quickly. Yeah. And I think like a lot of players recently, it highlights how good the squad has got and how far we've come that we're now starting to maybe become hypercritical of Dranovich, probably Kyogo, um another one. But when you've seen those players play at the level they have, mm-hmm. they, they've shown any they drop can do off it. yeah, any drop off is but I think, and a manager will look at it and say as well. I I back those guys to get back to that level.
1: But the difference between Kyogo and Juranovic is, again, you know, the conversation we're happening about signing another striker. You know, and that's a a, a thought process and a judgment on Ange whether or not he tries to go in and get somebody who's going to take us, or he thinks that Kyogo can go to that level. You know, you are having a different thought process around Kyogo. It's about him being at the club, staying at the club, because you don't think. Or somebody ready to come in and swoop for him. So you're talking about, is he going to be able to kind of get back to that level? But you're not doing that with Juranovic because, as much as they're both seen as key, you know, big players for us, you know, age wise, profile wise, everything, and the fact that he's at the World Cup, it's completely different. So you're starting to look at Juranovic and not think, I want to see what you were like next season. What you're saying is, people are automatically thinking, I can see what some of your deficiencies are. I think that we can probably get somebody into the play you and put a few quid in their back pocket. So it's just it just shows you how you look at players differently within the squad.
0: Um if you want to get in contact with with us, oh seven four five seven four oh two double nine two. If you just want to WhatsApp or or text, we can uh, take them as well, but feel free to call in. See on uh, I was thinking about this the other day about mm-hmm. if uh your was to go I kept coming back to Jeremy throughout
1: Frimpong he's in the dutch squad isn't he yes is, yeah mm-hmm.
0: and i kept coming back to again a player who we kind of lucked out on we've taken we took a lot of those players from kind of academies if you look at uh the young striker from southampton who's now in ireland which you call
1: him
0: afelabi he, he obviously didn't work out uh you know, luca connell as well all those kind of guys none of them worked out but the one that did ended up getting his ridiculous money would you be look would you look again alan is that a market we should still kind of be keeping an eye on the kind of academy route in england
2: yeah i, I think it is i don't and i don't think there's any doubt about that because there is a do you think there will be as well, yeah? Look, oh yeah absolutely um I, I don't doubt that um i, I forget the, the name um of the the kind of reserve lead down there but Celtic watch a lot of games down there and they have scouts who will watch that league like every, a lot. every game, yeah because if there is a window of opportunity it can be very small and you need to exploit it um, the difficulty is and as uh, a change in landscape in terms of recruitment now because obviously real changes around work permits around being able to bring in players from the EU is, is comfortably so it is something that is, was already difficult but it's probably became even more difficult but there is still a window of opportunity there and I think the thing with you know you chalk O'Connor Connell you'll all look and go they were a waste but it's offset by one. the one that works and I think when you look at the way clubs recruit and people always talk about the, the city group and their model what they do and what they do well it's volume they operate in big volumes. Um, now we think about the first team players that they have. We think about the guys that they sign for twenty, thirty, forty million. But under that, there is just a complete farm system of players that are in, that are out. Chelsea before them did it for years and oh, years yeah. and years. That is the way they operate. And a one in four success rate. Just and that's only the four players we're naming there. There are others. there's are other successes. A twenty five percent hit rate on that. When you get when the returns can be so lucrative. That's the way it is. I mean, if we did 25%, and I say success because success is a difficult thing to quantify, 25% success rate on youth players coming through our system would be a huge uptick for us, especially now. We could only probably dream of, you know, one in four players who come through the academy making any sort of contribution to a first team. So, you know, I think. We hold players that we bring in from other clubs, especially at the age of 16, 17, 18, to higher standard than we actually hold our own players. When in reality, if they're coming in for very limited fees, you might need to accept that some of them, we might have high hopes and do the whole thing where we sit and go, I wonder why he's not playing and he looked good in pre-season. Then you don't see him again. He's out on loan two or three times and then he's away. But if one of them works, you know, They might not go for the money for Impong dead as quickly, but they might be a player that you can rely on for two, three, four, five years in your first team. And, you know, that is a big one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not just for Impong. Vickers is going to be the same because Vickers was in Spurs Academy and we've signed him. He's a bit older. He was going nowhere fast, probably. And, you know, we're going to sell him on for a huge profit, I would assume. Um, So that's... That is a market we need to exploit. And one of the reasons why it's more important, I think, is... You touched on it, obviously, with the bre- Brexit and the, the change in the EU rules. English teams have got less opportunity to shop for youth in other European countries. So we're starting to see them come up to Scotland yeah. and sign players now. Look at Doak. is a massive case of, you know...
0: Should we have seen him
1: sooner? No, no I don't think you can go down that road. Because he's with,
0: already in there... First team
1: squad now See I mean It's just It's just The law of the land for me Because I think I believe we took him From Air United And then Liverpool Took him from us And it's the hierarchy Of money that exists Within the game I don't think if, see if Liverpool Come in and they've got A pathway I don't think Celtic Could have done much more I mean they played him Against Rangers He's gone He's gone And that's the end of that But the point I'm making is If we're going to lose Some of our outstanding Youth products To this Massive chum That's down in England the one way we can try and offset that is to go in to that market, scout a lot of players, because even in that churn, you're going to get guys like Frimpong or Vickers who, maybe not in some circumstances, it's not maybe not quite making the grade. It just be, might be that they're missed because there's that much going on and there's that much going through that it might be that they're not on the radar of the club they're at. If we can exploit that, it's not easy. You know, you are no. going to pick up a lot of players who don't make the grade look good at this level and then don't look good at that level. But if you get one, if you won every three years, four years or something like that, it pays off for bringing a lot of these guys through. And it is something that we're going to need to exploit because we're going to be exploited the other way around. We've already seen it with Doak, Morrison and Mm -hmm. and other players that have went to the Bayern. It's it's probably just going to be the future. I mean, it happened to to Rangers, even a wee bit before that, with Gilmore. You know, These guys are going to get snapped up, so we probably need to get in and around that to bring some talent up here. And the more successful it is, you know, Frimpong gone, and the Vickers goes for big money, the easier it is to sell to some of these young guys.
0: See someone like Calvin Ramsey, who obviously was at Aberdeen and performed well. I mean, performed well, I guess, but not to the point where, you know, any of our support were really kind of scrambling for him. He's now like, again, Liverpool are playing him. Does that surprise you? Like that maybe we didn't see what they see?
2: No, I I, I probably, I think I said when the Ramsey deal um, was kind of mooted that, I, and this might sound really grim, I, I feel like even by the time someone, say a prodigious talent, breaks through at Aberdeen, and by the time they've played maybe 10, 10 12 games, and they do clearly look like they're a standout, which he did. He did. He looked that. really good, technically proficient, quick, strong, good defensively, and really athletic. Um, there are so many eyes in our league now that if they've played ten or twelve games, the likelihood is if they're that good, which he is, they're out of our range by that point. Because, uh, so and, I mean, and I know that sounds brutal, but you know, you think back to two thousand seven when we when we signed Scott Brown. It cost us four and a half million pounds to sign a player from a Hibs team that obviously had a, a really good academy at the time and he was a player that played a lot of first-team football and really came through. I think what you're seeing now is that there are clubs across Europe that see Scotland as easy pickings and, you know, yeah. there's a lot of players that you wouldn't really want to take, like Lewis Ferguson, not really particularly interested in, but... He's, perfor- been, he's performing well. For yeah, that's million, fine yeah. and, you know what, I might look, might look daft in a year or two. Nah, fuck him. Exactly, the the surname and just, the, the just, family lineage probably excludes him from coming to Celtic which I just, I'm absolutely fine with I just wouldn't sign him because of that I think, I mean that's another discussion <laughs> but the the issue that you have is that when someone comes through like that and what he was 17 when he made his debut at Aberdeen and I think 18 when he left Celtic aren't going to spend 5 or 6 million on that because the risk for us is far higher than, than it is for a team like Liverpool yeah. because a team like Liverpool think 4.5 million, we like what we see we can bring him up to speed, work with them for us to spend four and a half million, we want, no, there needs to be someone that can come in now and do it now. And I think that's the difference we seen Scott Brown and we thought he can do it now because he had played what a year and a half, two years at Hibs where he had been consistent spending four and a half million a player that's maybe played 10 professional games for a Scottish team. That would be a huge outlay and a huge risk because if they have one of the ones that doesn't kick on, that is seen then as an extraordinary waste of money. So, I do think someone like Calvin Ramsey, before you even consider the caliber of clubs that are after him, the money that's being mooted, I think certainly look at and think, no. you know, we'd love him, but it's just too big a risk for us. And the, I mean, clubs like Aberdeen need to be able to get
1: a piece of the PPL pie. pie, if you will, the cash you know, that's out there. I mean, you look at what some clubs will pay for potential, um, and that you've summed it up perfectly. What they'll pay for potential, if we were paying it, it would have to be first-team improvement ready. I mean, look at Patterson from Rangers. He went for big money. People are like, why? Why did they do that? You know, you might still think that, but these clubs down there are able to kind of throw money like that at players, not necessarily needing them right away. Patterson
0: had played seven or... Like, literally seven or eight games for
1: Rangers. And, I mean, he obviously showed... enough in those games that he was highly rated and somebody came in and bought him, you know. That's all it needs, though. That's what I'm saying, you know. If yeah. there's if there's an understanding and then you look at, you know, Ramsey, probably at a slightly different level because I imagine Rangers and, and us could command more than some of the other teams for some of these players. But, you know, it's that's what it is. And if you've got that market, somebody comes through at Hearts or Hibs or Aberdeen, you know, and we think, oh, well, I'd quite like him. We'll give you two million for him. Those days are gone now because if they show any level, I promise the price is six, seven, eight million pounds, and that's just the way it is. Which goes back to the point that I'm making is when you've got so many clubs down south buying up this amount of youth, there is going to be a lot of churn, and you can pick up people who are, fall,
0: fall, a yeah, bit, you know? I, yeah, I fall, kind of fall out of the kind of the net, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good chat. Really good stuff. I'd quite like to do just a sort of half-season report card. Um, we don't have to spend too much longer on this, but uh, pass work required Oof. or fail. Uh, let me talk. Let me talk you through it. So, um, the goalkeeper taking up the whole season, taking his performance in the Champions League, taking his performance domestically. Obviously, that's the same for every player. Um, pass work required or fail. I think they keep us quite a tough one yourself, Chris. The easiest Joe Hart, by the way. <laughs>
1: yes, thank you. <laughs> See the thing about work required suggests that they need to improve, and he's not going to improve at his age. But I wouldn't say he's failed. So I would go for the middle option of work required, even though I don't think you can require on it. I suppose, I suppose what I'm saying with Hart is, I think he's somebody you he probably should be thinking about. Maybe. Not even moving on necessarily but improving on would, would you be
0: looking to else? get a new goalkeeper in for the summer do you want to come in first
2: maybe I would probably agree I'd go with the middle option but I would say work required Jesus Christ <laughs> work required but recruitment realistically recruitment, I recruitment. Yeah, it so be it would recruitment. Be, yeah. that, that would I mean I mean Hart's not going to get better <clears> is it no. I'd be very surprised if it did
0: would you both like to get a new number one in the summer for the summer
1: yeah yeah Interesting, and I mean I did not I mean I think I said not,
0: that as if you are
2: going to text it to him. There, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. See what you make of this. Yeah,
1: Hart's not, you know, immediate change required levels. Far from it. Hearts still even he, he in he the. Could cha- he could challenge. He could, yeah, but we, even in the even in the Champions League there, you know, he, there was some mistakes and, and and whatnot. But he still made big saves. You just some. I, I remember in, against Real Madrid coming out and blocking from uh, Vinicius Junior. You know, outstanding save. It was a great save, and you know. Coming from where we were before, with Marcus, who quite literally never made a save of note (laughs) while he was in a Celtic strip, there was a very low bar, and Hart exceeded that hugely. But it's about realising when, no, we probably need something more. And I'm not even sitting here saying somebody that can play football like Ederson or anything like that, because see a keeper who can make big, big saves and do that, they're going to be very, very thin on the ground. But just, I think, Hart's age... You Someone know, younger. Mist- yeah. Mistakes are kind of starting to creep in a wee bit more. You know, he was out riding in the crest of a wave last season. I just think right now is probably a good juncture to try and go out and get a new number one.
0: Uh, it's a low, low bar. Low?
1: Look good if somebody could save penalties as well. Uh, hmm.
0: Greg Taylor, Alan.
2: Yeah, uh, what was the first option? Uh, pass. Pa- pass. Pass. Pass for flying colours, no question.
0: Pass. At, uh, would you agree with that, Chris? Oh, I. Yeah. Uh, Burnaby. Work required? Work, requ- work required?
2: work required. Work required. Yeah. And he is a young player, so we'll give him that itemised work required list and he can go and tick it all off.
0: Have you been impressed with him recently, though?
2: Yeah, he he, is, he does have a lot of raw talent. I don't think there's any doubt about that defensively there is a there is really a lot of work required and i think maybe in some of the subtler elements of the game in terms of positioning patience sometimes but you've started to see i think a little bit more of what i think just fundamentally what type of player he is mm. what type of fullback is he because we went a long time where we were just going off fleeting appearances i think what you can see is a is type of player that wants to be involved he wants to link play he wants to get involved higher up the park but I think initially there was, he was characterised as a, a winger that's really been converted into fullback, but I don't see that. I see a player that wants to, I think he will be quite happy coming inside the pitch and playing football, but he needs to play more football. He needs to play a lot more. So whilst the rotation has been good in games where he, he's played well, which is obviously what we want to see, but then we all look at the Hearts game and think, perhaps well, a mistake. That's what you're going to have to get because he's, he's yeah. not played anywhere near enough professional football to be... At the calibre and standard to to play for Celtic So I would stick with that rotation Through the second half of the season And he is a player that you can quite clearly see The manager does believe in But he needs to play And it's going to look really good sometimes Maybe even against teams that you think They're not great But then he's going to learn from playing more regularly And playing against higher calibre teams So I would definitely stick with it The second half of the season
0: Um, He's played more games than the next player Stephen Welsh
1: Pass, work required, or fail. I mean, it's quite it's it's, it's hard it's, to it's say hard, fail, but yeah, fail and work required. You know, it's, you could have thought this out a bit more.
0: but no, I'm, I'm, tra- f- I'm trying to get genuine points yeah. of view as opposed to just skirting around it and giving everybody so, work required. Let's yeah, skirt let's yeah, around
2: it. Let's just <laughs> give everybody work required. What required.
1: Around. A protest vote. <laughs> to, be y- to, be, to be honest with you. To be honest with you. Well, I mean, I think it speaks volumes that he's played less than Burnaby. I wouldn't have guessed that. And this is, you know, he's played in a position where we've had both of our centre-halves out, you know. um, I I think I've said it recently. I I just don't see a, a big future for him at the club. So if we're going to say fail... I think that's a bit harsh but you're going not. You're going, you're not I, going to, I said the last time he is going to have a good career somewhere it's just not going to be at Celtic in my opinion
0: there's other players who are going to be happy to fail with so um, Welsh
2: yeah but required he's not played enough football to, to fail but I'm happy with the limited game time he's getting he is a player that probably if I if I was in that position having had the taste of what he's had I think we talked about it maybe last week or the week before having played the amount he did last year and now being kind of usurped by a player who will probably talk about <laughs> and still be in fourth choice, I would probably then think there's game time for me, but it's probably not here. Yeah. And I'm too good to be fourth choice somewhere. Even As, if it is my boyhood club.
1: That yeah. is exactly it. He is too good to be fourth choice at Celtic. He's just, he. I genuinely think Stephen Welsh, you know, there's a lot of youth players who've left Celtic, like guys like Ross Wallace and all these things over the years, who've gone on to have a sterling career, good career yeah. in the championship. Stephen Welsh is absolutely in that category. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, that's not one of the... Guys like Ross Wallace and stuff like that, you'd, n- you'd never look back and go, I wish we'd kept him. It's the same way Welsh, I think. I think he, his future will be elsewhere. But um, good luck to him.
2: More, more, sorry? Success story as well for the academy. And I think that's the one thing we need to... You don't need to be at the club for 10 years and win every trophy under the sun to be absolutely. classed as a success story. A success story is someone who's a career in professional football. Yep. And all the better if we can get something out of it, which we have, because he's been yeah, he's yeah, won yeah. trophies and there's a fee to be had there. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. is absolutely a success story.
0: Yeah. Uh, Morris Yates.
2: Alan. <laughs> um, I, I feel this might be harsh, but as a first-choice centre-half at Celtic, I think, Phil. Too many mistakes and too many games.
1: Yep.
0: Phil, well,
2: for me, I
1: think... Um... <laughs> <laughs> The difference between him and He's Welsh, played 20 games. He's played a lot of games. He's looked very unconvincing, even domestically. At the start of the season, we were conceding very few goals, and then we played Ross County, and I know he scored. But he looked completely unaware positionally mm-hmm. in that game, and that's a pattern that's continued with him. Now, we've seen other games where people have went, "Ah, oh, Jens was good, or Jens was fine today. But the inconsistency there is something that we can't accept or tolerate at Celtic and some people would argue that that might go with game time that she's still fairly young there's something that just says to me no he won't he's the sort of player who you're probably never going to get to at that stage now it's not up to me if he stays or goes you know the manager's going to say that but I remain to be it was going to take quite a lot to convince me that Moritz Jens is good enough to sign for Celtic
0: he um Obviously, he got his big move last season and it didn't really work out at Lorient. Um, It's not really worked out
2: here. he'll, He'll feel that it's worked out because he played more football and he stayed fit. And we are nine points clear in the league and he's played his part in that. But when you're looking at trying to improve and you want to be better and you look at Staffel coming back, a player who himself had a tough start but ironed it out very, very quickly. Very quickly in comparison and there's there's a lot with Jens the highs have been really good I thought he was genuinely impeccable for that 60 minutes 70 minutes versus Real Madrid but then domestically in some games he just makes mistakes that you think how can you go from From that that to that and that can be difficult because if you can't iron it out and get to a consistent steady level and that's underrated sometimes see being a 7 on 10 every week is really underrated because especially in a defender, someone you can trust, trust is so inherent, so important, because then you can look to pick it up. And I think maybe Greg Taylor is a good example of that. A player who was poor in some games last season, but he then became consistent. And then yeah. this season, what you've seen is then the seven is the the minimum, minimum standard. Yeah, yeah. But what you're getting now is you're getting the eights, you're getting the nines. And that's a good thing. Cal McGregor for a long time, you know, very consistent, very consistent, then you start improving when you become so comfortable in it. And as a defender, that's probably, it can be underrated being steady. Not everybody's going to come in and be Virgil van Dijk. That's understandable. But I think now Jens is firmly third choice. And I think, to be honest, he's probably been quite fortunate to, you know, to not be competing as much with Stephen Welsh, given, I think, some of his performances. But, you know, I don't want to be overly critical, but I probably wouldn't take the option up at the end of the year, if, if there is an option.
1: It is different. See if Jens had come through our youth academy and Welsh had been signed, you know, um, on loan from... You know, you you might look at it kind of completely different ways, but that's th- that's the nature of it. You're looking at Jens as someone, would you like to buy? And whereas we Welsh is somebody who you've got already and you're going to make a profit and you're saying a success story for the academy, so... They're, they're not that far apart, maybe, I suppose it's fair to say. But in terms of looking at it with, with, with Jens, it's the when the question in front of you is are you going to pay whatever it is two million quid to sign this guy? Right now, no. No.
0: Interesting. Uh Starfelt.
1: I haven't played a lot. Yeah. Yeah, right. so we'll just
2: we'll just Explode leave Starfelt, yeah.
0: Um Car Vickers.
2: Pass. Beautiful. Pass flying colours. My oh boy.
0: He's been superb.
2: Uh Juranovic.
0: Pass. Work
2: required. Work required. Yeah, work required. Slash pass. I think we've talked about it a lot. We know his quality. I'd like to see him get back to that quality mode regularly. Yeah, it's a it's about the level we know he can
1: get at, yeah. and he hasn't been there. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. So the work required is to get back to that level or get a couple of quid in the pocket in January. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs>
0: love it. Uh, Tony Roulston, Alan. Um,
2: a difficult one because I think there's differing expectations between what you think from both of them. Um, I think work required. Still a young player, you know, plenty to improve on. Game time was was limited for him, but he's come in a lot recently, and he's he's been good. Sometimes a bit errant with the passing. Um, but yeah, I think work required. He's again solid enough. Um, but I think I. I View him as a more of a rotational option, probably. To be generous, um, I think when you are talking about especially those those bigger games against the bigger teams in, in, in Europe,
1: Chris, I would say pass on the basis of you know what Ralston is and You know, you know his role is yeah, yeah. he's he's there, and he's always there. <laughs> um, Shut up! No, he's there because it's the, when when I think of Ralston I, I you know where he's went from to where he is now. Is remarkable and it's a story I absolutely love. Sometimes I'm like, hold your horses with a part of the Celtic support who are saying I don't care if Juranovic goes because we've got Ralston. Well, no, Cal- calm down, please. I'm nowhere near that. I know the levels to which Ralston can go, and I'm comfortable with him. And I, I would say pass because he's gone to those levels. But you've always got to be aware of Ralston's limitations, um, and you know, not just assume that. Even if he comes on and he has a really good game, you know, Livingston last season was a game where he came in, you know, Ange changed it up and we won there for the first time in a, in a while and people were rightly raving about Ralston and the other thing is he cares and you see he cares, which makes a big difference to to, to the fans and me, but it's just, you know, he's, he's just never going to be a first choice right back for us. But right now, he's an option in the squad, which I think is good, and I'm pleased with that. And the basis I know what he can do
2: is pass. I'd go work required on the basis of he's had the period of, I can't believe he's in the first team, and from where he was, you know, failed loans and everyone going, you know, batshit that he got a new contract. But now it's at the stage, right, how far are you going to push it? How good are you going to be? Mm. You got yourself into the Scotland team. You had a good start there how similar to that Stephen Welsh way of now you see a taste of being in the first team and playing a lot and winning how, how do you feel going back down and I think most players given how hard it is to become a professional and come out of the academy then to make your impact you, you don't then accept going back the way because it's great being at your boyhood club but it's about how you you want to push it so I think that's how you would
0: you think, do you think he might get to the point where he's like, you're right, he's been in the Scotland squad and Scotland all of a sudden now have a couple of right backs who genuinely will kind of, you know, push it. Do you think he would maybe start to think, I need to be playing more?
2: I think he's playing a lot just now, to be honest. I think he's playing, I don't Six think he'll be thinking that. And I think it'll be about, right, well, there might be a window of opportunity here where there might be someone new coming in. But if we sell Giannabich, there definitely will be someone new coming in because you need to at least... And I think you'll be then thinking, well, there'll be an opportunity for me then to be the starter and fight it out with someone. So I I don't think you'll be thinking anywhere about anything about just playing at Celtic at the moment and probably fancy his chances of cementing that place because he's a competitive guy. They've had to fight tooth and nail to get where they are. So I think you'll see that position as one he wants to get to. We might have our reservations about that, but it's it's all down to the player. I think if you're a manager, you certainly just let them... Do that as well and say, Well, if if that's what you think, show me. Uh
0: Callum McGregor, I think we'd all put because you know, he's yeah, yeah. started the season really well.
2: Pass plus for the shite bag comment early in the <laughs> season. Oh that was, was, uh, that, was that, that was last that was season. Last pal. season. Uh, well still fuck f- it, still pass because st- 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 I can still remember it. It was this year. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. uh
0: James McCarthy. <laughs>
2: Pass, just pass plus purely on the basis of the St. John'son player pulling his hamstring, Celtic's going thirty seconds later? <laughs> the
3: Danny
0: steam train. Um, he's he, he's, I he's mean,
2: not. He's not enough. He's right? not playing enough to, to to judge him. So and I, I, we don't want to say fail because it's a player that we just don't consider someone that is yeah. going to make a real positive yeah. strong impact, and it's, it just doesn't feel feels unfair. yeah no, it does. I mean, I, uh,
1: if you've got a there as well, let's just skip past that. No, no,
2: okay. Right. so so
0: James McCarthy, uh, Gucci he, he, just, he, just, he just told you about doing that. <laughs> okay, so we're just not making a comment on You now.
2: Not play games, mate.
0: Abelgaard, no comment on him.
2: Uh, no, I think the fact that he was brought in with the intention of playing... Fail. Not being... Fit, yeah, that's the, I think the fact that he hasn't played. Look, Idiguchi, we'd seen him not play last year, so we expected it this year. Abelgaard, very different, so um, there might be a huge renaissance, but to not be fit enough to contribute over... A, a long period of time, I it's think. So strange.
0: I, I, I know everybody was offered today, but because like, it was him, Addoguchi and uh, Abougada
1: midfield. But, told you, told you not to pay attention. To
0: that. Uh, Moy. <laughs> Sorry, let me repeat that. Aaron Frank Moy. Oof,
1: when I guess Frank, the middle name. Work required slash pass. He has contributed. He, I think we're probably seeing them. Uh, it's like Gard and some of these guys in McCarthy last season where I think some people underestimate how much a pre-season is required to hit the ground running right and sometimes you give players like that you're saying well maybe they've not got up to full fitness and stuff like that whereas with Moy just now I don't think he's going to get much sharper I think that's just where he is but I do think he's made some really good contributions to the team this season um when he starts a game, you don't have that same "oh shit" that you do with some other players. Okay, yeah. So, but I think the reason I'm saying what required slash pass is he probably needs to take that extra step before you're going to start talking about him in the same um, light as you know McGregor, Hatati, O'Reilly. They've, they're the th- they're the first choice midfield three by some distance. I think Moyes next. um but I think there's a gap between them, and what required would be trying to close that gap. It just remains to see whether or not he's got the legs to be able to do that.
0: He's he's obviously a little bit older, but do you think he'll get a new contract because his contract's up in June? Or would you think he's been brought in and done a good job, done what he's required of him? Do you think he'll kind of maybe move on with a league winners medal and our best wishes? Or do you think they'll give him another year?
2: Well, fucking hope he moves with a league winners medal. I tell you that. Would um, you think they'll give him yes. another year? Panicked me there um, <laughs> by,
0: by saying something's going to happen
2: Well just It's very early days It's okay, okay, a wee well, bit too right, Soon yet okay. just Stifle yourself Calm down um, I think Moy has Has been a pass He's probably played a lot more football Than I would have a, expected And probably B Would have liked <laughs> yeah. um, And that's not a, It's just that it's through circumstance I think some games He's looked really really comfortable Some games look really really good mm-hmm. But then other games You've seen the limitations And I think When you try and think about This team moving up the levels He's probably one of the ones That you would envisage Not being a first team player I think it will depend If he sees his game time As limited next year I think at the ages That he probably wants to play The only thing I would say For him is that He has had the experience Of going abroad Being away from home And I think it's fairly clear This is a good situation for him Um, But I'd just be guessing I don't know I don't think Ange seems the one that would um, Just sign a player Because he wants to keep him around just in case I think he probably wants to drive that competitive edge And I would say Particularly with the midfielders feels like There's a lot of players floating around just now Of that ilk And I think you would want to see a clear out So where he fits into that I don't know
1: You would kind of want to There is a bit of fat trimming required in that central midfield area. Um I mean we've got we've got, we've got McCarthy, Idiguchi and Abelgaard who
0: the three of them aren't really contributing at all.
1: Yeah. And I mean they'll be,
0: they'll be on decent wages
1: as well. I mean well Idiguchi, Abelgaard I suppose will be he's in a strange situation with, you know, Ruben Kazan being his parent club. Idiguchi, who knows what he's on because obviously, you know, he was he was the lesser rated of the Japanese um players that came in. So he might be on a fairly low wage. McCarthy, we've heard rumours that he was on a heavily weight slanted deal, you know, that was pay to play. We don't know. But even even at that, Idiguchi and McCarthy, you, you just you could just take them out of the equation. You know, quite easily. AbelGard, you might have a second half renaissance, I don't know. But you, there's just there's still some players around the squad that you're just thinking see if you could just move them on, it just kind of sharpens and freshens things up. And that's probably, they're two of the guys
2: that you immediately come to mind. Agreed. I, I think, and then, if see if you were to do that, and if you were to move those guys away. Like for instance, if you do take McCarthy and Ideguchi out of the equation, then that does free up the flexibility for Moy, I think. Because then you look at it and say, Right, okay, then we can bring other guys in that maybe we are a bit younger, and then you can split that game time. Yeah. But yeah. it's very difficult when you do have McCarthy, Idiguchi, Aboldgaard, and you know, Moy is very different from them because he's one that's contributing a lot, he's playing a lot, but just at the age he's at that's the thing. And I think that he's the one on the one year <coughs> deal that's kinda interesting. But he's he definitely goes down for a pass for me. Yeah. Just because it feels like we've kinda lumped him in with the rest. Clear <coughs> pass uh matt o'reilly pass 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 but what required oh i just i think he's got a very very high ceiling so on potential alone you know i really want him to contribute more to games the six and eight discussion we've had that loads of times he is a really talented player and he can become the focal point of a team so that you'd want to drive him on but you know pass definitely (laughs) But, you know, push it him a wee bit. Can
0: be both, yeah. Yeah,
2: quite a candid compliment for Matt.
1: Yeah,
2: if we're talking about
1: his ceiling, it's get got Artex on it. That <laughs> am <I'm shy. laughs> Um He's, uh, he's, uh, I, he, he is a guy, I, I think he's been exceptional at points for us this season. Other times he's, he's not been, but that's because he's young, but you, you just look at him and you think, you're a quality football player. Yeah. And, the levels, I think you'd say that as well See so if he had a right foot, he would not yeah. be Anywhere near us um, But he looks like a guy who can really really develop um, I think he's been great And you know It's up to the club, it's up to Ange To make him even better mm. He's the sort of guy though that looks as if you want that more than anybody
2: David Turnbull. oh sorry Just when I was a kid I mean going to school one day And we were getting work done in the house And I come back our text in the ceiling, Celtic crest genuinely it was like the best thing that ever happened in my childhood because every time every night you went to sleep oh celtic crest artex.
1: artex celtic <laughs>
2: it was first it was brilliant and you know genuinely a I, I good job of it as well you know it wasn't like it wasn't like oh Cambridge. it was really really well done you know good tradesman i wish i had the details i could hand out but it was brilliant and i always think it'd be good because this was just a this was a local i don't know local authority House or whatever So I always wonder The next person went in They'd have been in When I Who has seat.
1: ever called a house A local, local
2: authority. I don't really know The, the correct council term Council house? For it. Uh, no I think it was like A housing association What year was it? I do no, 95 maybe
1: Probably a council Well there was Housing associations then
2: mm. Anyway Either way Technicalities So it was, was, a, it was a social, Socially rented tenancy We always wanted at the net whoever get the house the next time to be rangers fan. Just, just ah, for that moment Are they're gonna go, this is great, and it's like oh, for fuck's sake. Love it. Uh, David David Humble. On you go. My name's not Um he's found it difficult with injuries, um we know what he can do, he really got us out of hole last year, but this year he's not looked sharp enough. Um he's he's on the border between work required and fail, I think. I mean, very difficult. It would feel unfair to say fail because he's struggled with injuries and his game time has been extremely limited. But a player like that has played them out and what he showed games? you last
0: involved in twenty-one games. Yeah,
2: but I know with what, what he showed was... last year. I think you've, your opinion of him and your standards are quite high, and he hasn't really met that this year. So it is that border between fail and what required. Chris,
1: exact same. <clears throat> he's a guy who's. It has had injury problems, so sometimes I think I'm maybe being a wee bit unfair about it. But I'm a bit I'm a bit disappointed in him this season. You know, I don't think he's 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 kind of went up levels from from where he was last season, and that's that's what you need to do, especially at that age. It's really got to be about improving because um, he missed out a year in his career, obviously as well. So you know, he's got to be for himself more than anything. It's about developing, and I don't think he's done that. So I. Do think there's a talented football player in there? I'm starting to think that maybe,
3: maybe he's maybe not maybe going to be the
1: the man at Celtic at some point. But you know, work required is appropriate for him for his age and what he's capable of. But I think fail in terms of what he's delivered this season's fair as well.
0: Rio Tati
2: Ooh. pass, but he's another one that you'd be pushing because the standard. But yeah, yeah, um, pass. I think he's he's really looked this year that he's. Probably within the next twelve to eighteen months, he'll probably be. The, if he's still here, he, he'll be the linchpin of your team. He is so comfortable
1: on the ball to an extent that no other player in our squad mm-hmm. is, including McGregor. I mean, at times it just seems absolutely effortless. At other times it doesn't, and that's what he needs to work on. And he could iron it out. I mean, see if he irons that out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> they, they, they use an expression in loads of American sports. Are uh, when guys do things that aren't good enough, but they believe in them a lot, and it's they need to clean that up. They need to clean that out of their game, and that's what they kind That's exactly the expression you would use for Hatate. He needs to make sure that the little things that just stick in people's minds sometimes, which not the touch against St. Marin, because we all see that and we know is. He's masterful with the ball at his feet And he can do things that's not a player in a team can But you need those guys to then not make the same mistakes That other guys do Because you hold them to a higher standard And that, that's the kind of expression we do He needs to just clean that side of his game up And that, whether it's tiredness Which I know became a thing I think it's less a thing now Or whether it's just concentration If he cuts that out of his game Levels will go up I mean, yeah, he's, he's But, but Arguably, the most kind of sought after player on your team, if if he can do that.
0: Um, let's go a little bit quicker through some of these, oh. um, just because there's clear ones. Jota, pass, pass, pass. Again, you'd want him to try. Yeah, he's sort of as well. Yeah, it's, it's
2: banging more goals more regularly and do better celebrations more often as well. Brilliant.
0: Uh, Sied Hak Sabanovic.
2: I'm going to say work required.
1: I think that. You have seen real moments of quality. I think there's that fitness question that some of the players have got in terms of when he came in. Um, but, you know, in fact, maybe the break came at the wrong time for him because he was maybe getting into his stride a wee bit more. That, um, the
0: goal against Ross County, I thought, was just sublime. Te-
1: technically, it was excellent, but I think there's a lot more to see from him and therefore work required. Right now, I wouldn't say... You're a definite pick for me. I think he's capable of being that, though. And that's what I want him to do. So, I don't think that's harsh
2: saying what required. I agree, I agree. Th-
1: I agree. think the second half of the season could be big for him. does.
2: Yeah, what required for probably largely the same reasons. And again, if we both get to make a prediction, I think, well, I would certainly say, come the end of the season, I think it'll be passed.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Love him. Uh, Dyson Maida, Alan?
2: Work required. Um, some really, really great moments. And I think it feels harsh just now as well, because he really ended the first this week and I spelled really well you know great goal against Mardwell probably the best goal he scored at Celtic I absolutely love it I love the pace at which everything happens Um, but he had a really tough period where his quality wasn't there and if you want to command a starting position especially domestically against what we're playing against and with the quality that he has he needs to show up more often Um, and he was badly out of form but Hopefully, he's recaptured it and hopefully have a great World Cup. So, work required because the standard needs to be higher.
0: This guy?
1: Yep, yeah, he, he was at one point a fail for me. Um, just, I think his confidence was really yeah. short and his performances mirrored that. It was really poor. But again, his upturn in form, probably the break for the World Cup's maybe not the greatest time for him. Uh, you know, it might not work like that though. It might be a break just kind of Uses him in for the second half of the season. Definite work required. He's turned it around a wee bit because there was points people were, you know, considering why is he, you know, what's he offering, where's he at the club, I think he he really was that poor at one point this season, others might disagree and say that that's a wee bit harsh but yeah, I, I think we've seen last season what his quality was and I think we've started to see some of that more recently again so I hope he kicks on. I'd love
2: him to get a goal at the World Cup, Oh yeah, I mean I just love seeing Celtic players score at big tournaments. But seeing Maeda score at the World Cup for Japan, I think would be a huge moment for him. And you just want all those players to come back feeling like I can just do it. And the, the boost that would give them, given the fact that he has came, kind of come back into form a little bit as well, you just it would, be, it would tie things up really nicely.
1: I'll be raging if Moy scores at the World Cup. Because <laughs> he's not managed it for us
2: thus far.
0: Um, quickly, James Forrest, because it's obviously a smaller kind of uh, sample. sample size, shall we say?
2: Well, pass for two reasons. One, I'm biased and second, I think the expectations have been fairly low yeah. and his timing for just the little boost that he gave us to get us over a little bit of a... Hump. Hump, I think, was, um, yeah, just just perfect, but he needs to do it more often. If he wants to play, he's got to contribute that pretty much every game, but he, he's had that wee renaissance and I think now people don't think the fact that he might play as some horrible, yeah. you know, this scenario that we inflate in our heads. Idea, um, yeah. And actually, it was really important at a time when we looked a little bit light on options and he came back in and just showed that composure, showed that quality. So, you know, for that very fleeting, you know, you know return pass.
1: See, for a guy that scored 100 goals and had 100 assists for Celtic, he, he really isn't held in the, even players, even fans yeah. that like him, probably don't hold him in the esteem that you would <clears throat> think a guy who would contributed that much should. Um, a home
0: homegrown so, home grown player, yeah. you know, homegrown hero. Christopher, oh, sorry, apologies.
1: I'm going to say I'm going to say pass two, and but I think mostly it's well. One of the reasons you have to caveat it is he hasn't played that much, but the bar was so low. He's another guy that when he got a deal recently, it was like, why have we done that? You know, and. I suppose why we've done it, perhaps it is even just having that experience, that cool head, but also a guy that can still contribute. You know, that hat trick to get a hundred goals, that was a special moment. Really special. It's a guy, as I said, I've been up and down hot and cold on James Forrest as much as anybody. I can't say that I'm chairman of the James Forrest fan club like uh, your man here, but you know, I've, I've gone back and forth on him, but I think it would be, it would be very poor not to acknowledge like you know, the contribution that he's made to the club, um, in terms of you know attacking prowess and contributions there. So yeah, he gets a pass. Um, I think we said it recently though. You
2: know, his time's going to be limited at the club, but you know, I think we should probably be thankful for what he's contributed. <laughs> that read like a statement from someone thanking someone <laughs> for thirty years of the service. Like yeah. you've worked for this company for thirty years. We'd like to place on record our thanks. There will be no payment or <laughs> gift. We have got you a badge and we thank you and wish you well in the future. Leo Labada. Yeah. Work required. But, yeah, there's... I mean, highs and lows. He is your man for highs and lows. He keeps banging a ball in the net. I'm absolutely he's fine quite with that. He's
0: frustrating young man, isn't
2: he? <laughs> he does my head in. He um, does my fucking head in But he's a player that, yeah. I think we've talked about in sequence here, Maeda, Forest and Abada. and there are two players that we think are the future but their inconsistency this season has been something that the other player kind of does have now people don't like it because forest doesn't drive it players and doesn't do that but the one thing he does is always links play always tries to get other people involved the other two are very very different and they have very varied skills that sometimes just don't contribute and Abada uh, is a player that is learning And he's constantly learning on the job So it's work required he, At different times in the season he's been failing pass And it's just that It's an average I think for him very much Because we could sit here and talk about great moments That you think why is that not a pass And then there's other games where you think How are you still in the park Or you see him coming on and you think If he doesn't score here he's doing nothing And he either does or doesn't And you look daft either way Chris
1: See if he's a guy who just scores against Rangers that's fine because <laughs> I, on it I mean there's few players who contribute as little as him when he's not scoring goals um I, I, that's it at times when you're thinking you're just an empty jersey um but <laughs> Then every time I write him off, he just goes and scores.
2: See, so you know, you I'm know, they got the, to say what required the phrase. <laughs> we, we are just covering our asses here, really.
0: <laughs> See that phrase that you and, you and Lorenzo both use. Uh, like playing the hot hand.
1: I think it's Lorenzo that uses it. Yeah. yeah, I still don't, don't know what it means. Not that I want MD to explain it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> made it very specific. Um, but I just mean, like, see when you think Abada's going to kind of kick on, it's like he'll have a game when he'll score a hat trick. Like he scored, uh, what was it, a hat trick against Motherwell? He got a double against Motherwell. And then the game after that, he's just not particularly you know, you expect him to kick on and maybe go on a five-match run where he plays well and then maybe a little bit of a drop-off, but it's almost like he scores a hat-trick, he's great, he's electric, and then the game after that, he's just a bit meh. Is that inconsistency? I don't even think he is
2: meh. I think he's... Yeah, if he's not scoring, he can be a hindrance. Aye, aye. aye for But the the best example of that, I thought, was genuinely going into the Rangers game. I thought, he, he, my either here, because for everything he can do, for the ability he's shown... He's waiting a big game, big moment And then Ange picks a bad and You're thinking, play it in This is not the day for it And then he just, he doesn't need to do anything else in the game When, when you make that contribution And it's largely worked um, But it's, yeah, it is a tough one It's a hard one You could be all in or all out in a bad uh, and I think I would go, you know, fair enough I see that Whereas other players are just, it's an objective, objective fact You know, one way or another Abada is one that's, he might end up at the absolute top of the game, or he might leave here and you think, Go back to Israel where, 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 play where is he probably. playing? Okay. See,
0: that's the thing though, like, um, no, I don't think there's been a lot, this is just my opinion, right, I don't think there's been a lot of players in our squad who have looked so out of their depth in the Champions League that you're like, oh, you, you know, with the exception of potentially the center half, right, but there's, there's work around that, right? Abada, I just thought he just looked out of his depth in the, you Champions League, like I, I thought, I think it was a Leipzig away, but he just, he just didn't really know what to do. I, I know. He just, whereas Steven Welsh and
2: Jens together, people that's a, that's are tough. screaming about the Real Madrid penalty, and you and, and the phones right now or iPads, whatever it is, you're listening. <laughs> Genuinely, people will be thinking, touch past them, wins a penalty from nothing, and they think that's what a winger does, and that's why it's a position that. Splits opinion because people want different things from wingers. Yeah, it's there's no right answer. here We, we could sit here for two hours talking a little bit about Leo Labada, genuinely. And you could be. Do you think you'll ever get right. that?
0: Do you, ever, do you think you'll get that consistency though? At some point, I, I I find it hard to see him. I hope I'm wrong. I If I'm wrong, I'll be delighted. But I find it hard to see him getting that consistency. I
2: think an Ange team suits Leo Labada a lot because he is willing to work hard, but opportunities will come a lot if. I think if Abada was playing in an Neil Lennon team, I just don't think he would score as much, as many goals because I don't feel like the consistency that we create chances was there. Yeah. Whereas in this team, and the work that he's putting in and the work that the club are putting into him, I think there is a lot of opportunities that come and sometimes the way they come, just work perfectly for him. And it's it is, that's down to him, largely. But I think if you put him into, say, a Brendan Rodgers' team, I don't think he would play because I don't think you could trust the way that he contributes to, you know, open play, it's not there. But in this team, the amount of opportunities you get, I mean, there's never a there's never a bad time to pick him. It's up to him, really, isn't it? You know, if he he, he can see
1: that there is a talent there, um, and it's up to him if he's going to develop it. But apparently in Madrid, you know, it, the movement to get that was just unbelievable. Then you go back to the home game against Madrid and he does that step over thing he does well. he actually just keeps going in a straight line <laughs> and runs in normally to the full back who doesn't actually have to do anything and he does that repeatedly it's opposite ends of the spectrum um and that drifting in the amount of times people have got no idea where he is and he just drifts in and scores is is phenomenal but what required what, what required let's stop talking about that uh
0: Georges Giacomakis
1: Chris <sighs> I'm a bit between pass and work required on the basis of what level I think he's capable of I, I think Jack Emacus is a fine option in the squad but is he more than that? 9 I mean,
0: goals in 23
1: games yeah I know and he's a goal scorer <laughs> he's got a, yeah I know I didn't actually know it was 9 <laughs> yeah you
0: said it's in <laughs> such a dickish way I was
1: like, but what I mean by that is I know that he's a goal scorer but you know and he scored against Shakhtar at home in the Champions League, but the time that I would have rather he'd scored against Shakhtar in the Champions League was the away game and you know can he get better? I think he can get better. I would still say pass. I would say pass for Jack and Macus. But work required because I think if he wants to stake a claim as being our number one striker, he
2: has to do more and there's what required. I, I think firmly work required. Um, again, that last sentence being pretty much it. If you want to start, you've got to do more. Um, scoring goals is vital, and he does that. 9-23, I think you read out. Yeah. In, I, is that I know. all competitions? I know. Eh? That, that's good. And if you break it down into domestically, it's it's good. And that's where you want to be. But in, I think there needs to be more. Hold-up play needs to be better. You need to have a bit more composure and not allow defenders to... Get into his heads to the extent that he becomes more infatuated with getting one over on the defender than contributing to the overall team by scoring or by holding the ball up and dropping off or doing whatever. That calmness I thought, it might be very difficult to do that and it might be difficult to train that out of someone who is a very emotional player. But if you want to improve and build on what you the good work you've done, I think that's what you would be looking at. So work required, but you know, domestically. Nauseous. Uh
0: nine and twenty three. Kyogo has twelve and twenty three. So not too dissimilar in regards to goal scoring. Kyogo work required.
1: It's pass. levels it's levels, isn't it? Because Jackamachis I would say pass for Jackamachis on the basis of I think there's as it stands, I don't think there's much more for him. You know, you are talking about his hold up play being better and stuff like that. For me, i I just don't know. The technical limitations of Jack Amakis make me think that he's probably playing at the peak of his powers I love to be wrong. I love him to get better. The difference with Kyogo though is is it's a work required for him because I've already I've, you've had a taste of the heights that he can yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I mean, Jack Amakis would be completely incapable of doing what he did in the League Cup final. The problem for him and for both of them actually though is you know they haven't done it enough in those big games. Kyogo for me over Jackie Macus though has that in his locker and uh, or wheelhouse, you like that one, don't you? Love wheelhouse. Whatever that means. He he has got that. So for me, twelve out of twenty-three, that's a good return, you know. But work required because I still don't think he's you know got close to what we know he's capable of.
2: Work required as well. I think you you could I, I could maybe verge him into pass, but high standards. What he set last year, the expectations, he'll be disappointed as well. Not because not because the goal return, especially again, similar to Jackie when you look at it in domestic games, that's a good return. Yeah. And some really good goals, some incredible goals actually this year, showing different things than we've seen last year. Very creative finisher, but not a volume finisher. I think he'll be disappointed. I think the fact that he's not going to the World Cup probably highlights that as well. Um yeah, so what work, work required just to get back to the consistent high standard that he showed showed last year.
0: A couple of questions before we finish up. Uh, Joe Goss messaged and says, McGregor was caught on camera telling Kolak to shut the fuck up. That's, oh, yeah. That's got to count for something.
2: So, pass plus plus, plus. for McGregor.
0: Uh, and we've got a question from Chris. Chris says, hi, guys. Do you think we're just a couple of players away from being competitive in Europe, or do you think it's a bit further than that? If you look at terms, uh, teams dropping into the Europa this season, even being competitive, at that level seems some way off it to me. Hopefully not. Hail
1: hail. Um, I think, I think it's feasible that we're a couple of players away, but it probably needs the players we've got to go up levels. I think that was the, I think the biggest problem this season was more that. The players that we had pinned as our superstars, if you will, didn't turn up in the, to the level we expected them to. Jota get that free kick, obviously, in the Bernabeu. Um, is that how you pronounce it? Bernabeu. Bernabeu. You know, Real Madrid stadium. Um, yeah,
0: scored against Leipzig. He
1: did he? Away, away. So he did. Oh, geez, I forgot all about that. Um, but even then, I still would say. You didn't do what I wanted you to do in the Champions League. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, Kyogo, much the same. You know, even McGregor, when he was playing, you know, th- there was moments and stuff like that, but they never clicked consistently going forward. If you get better, more consistent performances at a higher level from them.
0: From the key players from, and you add a couple add, add more. Add a
1: couple more. Maybe three, but, you know, I think that yeah, we could give a far better show in next season.
2: Alan, just that final thought? Yeah, a couple of players will certainly help. There are a lot of factors though, especially in the Champions League, which are stacked against us and are, Ange won't say it, but probably entirely out with our control. I think we've talked about it. If we get a couple of players and we get the same group next year, with the experience of this year and with the improvement in a couple of players, I think you could improve. I think you really could. If, though, you have all those things in your favour and you just get a really tough draw, look, you can try as hard as you like. We might even put in really good performances. We might even get a win. Chances of qualifying and actually having tangible success are out with your control. You drop down to Europa League, though, and I, I would then say the expectations change wildly. So you could split it into three competitions or two competitions that we really want to be in. One of them, there are so many things stacked against you in the Champions League that it's a, Fight to kind of swim against that tide, but if you do get lucky and you do recruit well, there is the possibility that you could Europa League. Though there is, I, I would have higher expectations for what we could do and go a little bit further into that tournament. But I mean, the the, the question spot on. There's some top sides in there, and you know, but that's where we want to be. We want to be playing against the top sides. You, I mean, the, I think what this season's Champions League
1: proved beyond a doubt was it's the only show in town in Europe really
2: if we're being honest
1: I mean we saw how the Europa League finalists from last season coped in the Champions League um, which kind of suggests a, a, a wee bit about the the difference in quality however it would have been nice for us to finish third even just not that I'm desperate to get into the Europa League and go on a, a run in it that would be nice obviously but even just as a barometer of where we are you know going forward from here you know against that Lesser caliber of teams, few ties against them, just to see where we are. Because this season the Champions League is completely different, but still a real um, blot and Andrew's copybook last season when we played. Forgot the name of the Bodo. team. Bodo, Bodo Glimt in um, the conference and were really outplayed in two legs. That was pretty poor. So because the the jump in levels between that to the Champions League and what happened there still not quite get a handle on where we are in terms of the yeah. European pecking order. So it would have been really nice to have seen that going forward. However, you know, stepping up on a level next season, you know, it might be that we get that mad group that Alan talks about. Even then, though, if the Europa League's a, a, an option and we finish third, that's where the expectation for us to do a bit better would be there.
0: Fantastic. This has been uh, really, really good Um if you're listening and uh, you want us to do more of these kind of live shows, uh, just kind of let us know. Drop us an email, editor at cynic dot or even just send us a WhatsApp or a message oh seven four five seven four zero two nine nine two. Let us know if it's something you want us to keep doing over the kind of World Cup break because uh, we're open to it.
2: Or, or just crack open your window and just shout directly. out. it will make its way here. It will make its, its way to here. Be. That's
0: the the magic of um, radio. Magic of radio. Radio. Uh,
2: Alan, it's been a pleasure thank you it's that's, that's been fun also it's uh, always good talking Celtic
0: absolutely uh, Chris Armani thank you so much sir
1: terrific thank you for having me great
0: stuff um, this has been the Cynic Live uh, from Chris Armani from Alan Edgar from myself Chris Gallagher we'll speak to you down the road